What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Bringing It Back podcast. We are so honored that you're here. Our heart is to help you figure out how to navigate life well while keeping Scripture at the foundation of all that we do. We are so excited for this week. Let's get into it. What is poppin', people of the podcast world? We are so excited. This is your main man, Micah Mosley, joined by my good friend, Jonah. Jonas Stairs, and we are so honored that you would take a little bit of time out of your week and listen to what we have to say. Jonah, I've been thinking a lot lately about this question, okay? Okay. So, we were talking about side hustles before we started a little bit. Yes. I've got a few of them. So, say you have your normal nine to five that you do. We won't get into that. Okay. If you had to have a side hustle something to do to make a little bit extra money a little extra cheddar a little bit extra guap what is what is what is your side hustle you have any big ideas brewing my side hustle i think oh gosh i would be probably a disc golf instructor specifically to like college age people who think that they're good at disc golf <laughs> that really aren't, I would specifically want to focus on them and show them how bad they are and teach them how to be better. I think you'd be a great, <laughs> a great first student for me to have. I don't think there's a market for that. <laughs> oh, there is. Trust me. Trust me. Wow. I don't know. Maybe dog walker? That could work. Okay. Yeah. It's very different. A lot more feasible dog walker. What about your uh, your coffee shop, not coffee shop idea that we talked about? Yeah, that wouldn't really be a side hustle. That, that would kind of replace what I'm doing now, you know, less of a side hustle, more of a future dream. Okay, what's your future dream? It's like a coffee shop, and the thing is about it, there's no electronics allowed. Okay. So when you come in, you got to check in your phone or your laptop or whatever, and the whole point is that you go in and you're actually talking to people and connecting with people. And because uh, anytime I'm in a coffee shop, everybody's on their phone or on their laptop doing work, which is fine. I think it's great to have a place to work, um, like a cool coffee shop. But how cool would it be if you went to a coffee shop and all there is to do is talk to other people that you don't know and get to know them? Uh, I think that'd be cool. Plus, there's no pressure of like, oh, I... Like, I'm going to go talk to that stranger. Do they want to talk to me? I don't... Like, everybody's there to talk to other yeah, people. Yeah. So, it takes the pressure off, too. How am I supposed to post on my story and let everybody know that I'm at the coffee shop? You can do it later. Afterwards. Okay. Or before. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's a great idea, Jonah. Maybe you should do that someday. What would you do? Jonah, I've already got side hustles. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even want to know. I'm a I'm an amateur bar. I guess I'm not an amateur barber. I get paid, so right. I'm a professional barber. Well, okay. I'm a manny. Yeah. I donate plasma when I'm not a wimp and can sure. deal with the needle for an sure. hour. Yeah. <laughs> I I dabble in the stock market. I have a few dividends that pay every do once you? in a while. Wow. <laughs> Shout out grandma. I don't do it myself. <laughs> I dabble. I do I do my thing outside of my normal job, which is being a pimp all the time. Yeah, I was about to say what your main hustle is, but I guess you just answered that. Very nice. Well, sorry about those last few minutes, but today we are going to talk about one of the more thrown around words in the Christian community, and that is 
The season. The season. Mm. The reason for the season is treason. Interesting. So we talk about seasons <laughs> all the time. I hear at least once a day, I am in a season of blank. Fill it in. What's you, the blank? You know what your season is right now. Haircutting. That's my season. Everyone's got their seasons. And as always, we want to see what the Bible says about seasons and then probably get into a little bit about how to do seasons well Yeah. and what it actually means to walk in that and bring you back to Scripture there. So, Jonah, when we talk about seasons, let's just crack that open right away. Yeah. Um, I think of summer and fall and winter and finally spring. So those are typically the four seasons. We've got, but that's not what we're talking about. I hope you're happy with oh, me. Oh, that was great. That was great. Um, I always think of, like, when I really dumb it down, like, oh, I'm in this season or that season, I think what it comes down to is highs and lows. Some people talk about mountaintops or valleys. Sure. Some people talk about seasons um, relating to how they're feeling, kind of like emotional seasons. Like I'm in a season of not being as happy as I was last year. Sure. I mean, I've heard conversations like that happen too. Um, but really, I, I think it just, I think if anybody looks at their life, you can kind of see just a pretty natural progression, um, whether you want to think of it seasonally or as like chapters of your life. I mean, anytime there's a big transition, I feel like it's kind of a transition from one season to another. Mm. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I think when I think about seasons, just cause like being in the, like the bubble that I am at ORU, like I hear little buzzwords like this all the time. Like, you know, seasons processing all these different things. Mm. Intentional. Intentionality, yes. authenticity, all these, all these different things. But I think when I think about seasons, Honestly, one of my big almost concerns, I guess I would say, is like when people use seasons as an excuse to to sit and to um, feel sorry for themselves and where they're placed at. So just right to get you back into scripture because that's what we want to do here. Um, Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8 is a great verse. It's pretty long, so I'm going to cut it off about halfway through, but you'll get the idea. It says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance. So I think the big thing that we forget about with seasons is that we're not supposed to sit in them forever, is that seasons change. Um, that's the point of a season. Yeah. Like we have four seasons and they change because that's how the Lord created, you know, the climate to work. That's how our world was created with seasons um, because they change. And in this verse, it says there is a time to be born and a time to die. Actually, that's a bad example. There's a time, <laughs> there's a time to weep and there's a time to laugh. So there's a time to weep. But I think sometimes when we get caught up in the time to weep, that we forget to strive to bring ourselves out of that and that we don't acknowledge that there is a time to laugh as well and we yeah. sit in our seasons and let them yeah. fester a little bit in an, in an unhealthy way yeah. and the opposite is true i think too yeah. just to because i mean obviously most people would associate weeping with some kind of negative emotion mm -hmm. like sadness um and most people would associate laughter with a positive emotion but sometimes we get so fixated on what looks good and what we're supposed to be looking like or doing in our lives 
that we don't acknowledge some of the negative that's going on. I, I think that can also be um, damaging and unhealthy at times if, if you're not acknowledging um, maybe a, a different season that you're in, or, you know, maybe it is time to mourn, you know, mourn with those that mourn. That's um, in Romans. And it's, it's something that I, I would hate for somebody to be in denial of what they're feeling just for the sake of trying to save face and look good for other people. Um, and that kind of that kind of branches into another topic that I'm not going to get super into, but just to kind of close that up so I'm not leaving you hanging there, I feel like there's definitely a balance between being authentic and recognizing what your emotions are and not trying to suffocate those or, or deny them or shove them down into the darkness um, while also being authentic to who God says you are. And, uh, and, and not being tossed around by what the world says or, or you know, just all the, all the different commotion and, and stuff that's going on around you. Yeah, like Scripture says, there's a time for both. So you can't be too caught up in either side of it without acknowledging the other one. So you got to listen to God. Yeah. you got to know, like, hey, it, you know, I, I feel like sometimes for me, God is like, hey, Jonah, buck up and move on. Like, get going, get moving. And other times I feel like God is like, Hey, Jonah, it's okay if you just sit here for a bit, and uh, I'll sit here with you, and we're just going to work through this. And, I, I, again, yeah. there's a time for both, but the only way you're going to know is if you're listening to God, if, if you're developing that relationship with Him. Yeah, I think even for myself, I've seen, like, again, this is just my own experience. This isn't Scripture, so take it with a grain of salt. But I think I've seen myself get so comfortable in, like, a season of, of being sad or mourning something um, that I've become to depend on that. And by the time the Lord says, oh, okay, like it's time to move on and it's time to step out of this, I don't want to because I've become so accustomed to that feeling and to waking up and feeling sorry for myself. And that's where I think the danger comes in is when we start to depend on the seasons that we're in um, and when we place the focus more on the season that we're in instead of the Father that we have walking through the season with us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that actually kind of brings me to something I wanted to talk about is... I feel like with seasons, um, we, get got, we get so caught up in transitions and changes, and it's easy for our emotions to kind of look like a roller coaster, and it's like one season, um, maybe you feel like God is really emphasizing his provision over your life, and everything is great, but then the next season, he's trying to teach you patience, and you just hate everything about your life, and I feel like... Um, I don't know. I feel like scripture is so clear about God's faithfulness and about his, I guess, his command to us to stay faithful. Mm -hmm. Even when, you know, yeah. the winds are going and the storm is coming in. And so there's this scripture in 2 Timothy um, chapter 2, verse 13. And it says, if we are faithless, he will remain faithful, for he cannot deny himself. And I love that verse because it's kind of contrasting how much we can change with how much God doesn't change. And that's something that's always been comforting to me just because, I mean, it's comforting to know like, hey, there are probably going to be times where my faithfulness staggers. And um, it's comforting to know that God is there and that his faithfulness never staggers, that it never goes away and that he's faithful today, tomorrow, next year, and in the next five years of my life. And that's something I, I love reading through all the Psalms as well. Because they're just so um, reflective of how faithful God is 
but through the lens of like a human mm-hmm. who's going through different stuff and who is able to go through some of these dark seasons and these times of persecution and still look at God and say, hey, but you're faithful, and so I'm going to remain faithful, and I'm going to still praise your name. I think that stuff is really powerful. Yeah. I think, for me, at least what I've learned is like, you know, Philippians one twenty seven. it talks about whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So I think we can get so caught up in talking about our seasons that we don't think about our response to the seasons. And I think that's a far more important thing to talk about than necessarily like the different seasons that we can be in ourselves. Yeah. I think our response to the season and keeping it consistent no matter um, if it's a tough one or if it's a blessed one where everything's going the yeah. right way. Like, are you keeping it consistent? You know, the verse says, whatever happens. Whatever happens can look like a lot of different seasons. Yeah. But whatever happens, like, is your manner worthy of the gospel of Christ? So, like, are your praises still the same? when you're in a valley, as they say, yeah. as Hillsong says, or, <laughs> yeah. you know, are they the same as your praises on the mountaintops? And I think that's a really important thing to crack open as well. Absolutely. And so I think bottom line, before we really get into like what our response needs to be, mm-hmm. just laying the groundwork and saying, hey, you're going to go through different stuff. And I know like in the Christian realm, we use the word seasons a lot. We use the word mountaintop a lot, valley or desert, like, oh, I'm in a dry season. I've heard that probably a billion times in my life. And it's not that it's not true. I think that's absolutely true sometimes. You feel like you're in a dry season, and that's fine. But there's just so much evidence in Scripture that you shouldn't let that um, slow down your relationship with the Lord. You shouldn't let that kind of bring you down or, I guess, in, in a certain sense, destroy your faith or destroy your uh the the way you see god and one thing i love so i'm going to read some psalms um because i love psalms and i think it's so reflective again like i was saying earlier of how these writers are getting thrown into these different situations different times of life different seasons persecution um and just a, a whole range of things but they're still being authentic to what they're feeling and recognizing the different things they're going through while while calling out like, hey, God, but you're faithful, and this is who you are, and so I'm going to lean on that. And so Psalm 42, um, I love Psalm 42, and this is verse 4. It says, These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I used to go with the multitude, leading the procession to the house of God, with shouts of joy and thanksgiving among the festive throng. So, if, if you read the first, I mean, I'll just read uh, the first couple parts of this chapter as well. Verse 1 says, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, Where is your God? So just right off the bat, you can kind of tell this person is longing for God. They're longing uh, to, to be back in kind of in the season of joy. And then they say, so I'm going to remember these things as I pour out my soul. How I used to lead the procession to the house of God with shouts of joy. So they're actively remembering some of the good things that God was doing in their life. And then verse 5, I love it, says, Why are you downcast, my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. And I think that's such a powerful picture of the the I guess authority we have over our own souls over our own spirits to to take a season of life that maybe we're not happy about and maybe we're just 
in a really kind of um, dry or, or dark season, however you want to think about it. But they're not allowing that to stop their praise for God. And they're actually commanding their soul. Why are you downcast, O oh my soul? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him. It's kind of like, hey, I don't care what I'm going through. I'm going to praise God no matter what. I think that's a huge deal. Yeah. No, I think that's big. And I think there's even like two different sides of this because I've seen, I would think, because I've seen some people like they're so consistent with their praises when their life is going right. And then yeah. the second it starts going wrong, it's blaming God about everything. Yeah. I think at that point, you're not in love with God. You're yeah. in love with the things that he does. It's like your prayer life gets really good once you start going through something hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then there's the other side where it's easy to praise God in the valley because like, it's a cry of desperation. But when yeah. everything's going okay, we're not giving him the credit. We're not giving him the praise that he deserves. Yeah. And I think like that's not consistent either way. Like That doesn't align with what Scripture says. It says, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner. Not when it's going bad, cry out to the Father. Not when everything's going right, I'll give praise to the Father. It's about consistency, no matter what the season is. Yeah. And just to, again, bring it back to Scripture, the same thing here. This is Psalm 63, and this is a Psalm of David. And it actually says, the footnote um, says, a Psalm of David when he was in the desert. And so, again, that's like physically he's in a dry season. And you can also tell just by reading this Psalm, that spiritually he's feeling like he's in a dry season. But I'm just going to highlight, I, I encourage you all to read the whole thing, but I'm going to highlight uh, verses 3 and 4 because it's so powerful. Just picture like you're in this dry season and you're feeling, your, your soul is thirsting and hungering for who God is. And this is David's response when he's in that place. He's saying, because your love is better than life, my lips will, will glorify you. I will praise you as long as I live. And in your name, I will lift up my hands. I mean, to me, that's such a powerful picture because it's like, it's basically saying, and, and honestly, I've, I've had these moments in my own life where I feel like I'm kind of at the lowest low I've ever been. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I don't have any other hope than to just say, God, it's all you, man. Like, yeah. I, I just fully praise who you are because I know that the only thing that can that can grow me, that can heal me, that can move me forward um, is your love. And so I'm just going to praise you, and I'm going to lift up my hands. It's almost like this full surrender, uh-huh. you know, where you're just like, all right, I'm kind of at rock bottom, so here you go, God. Like, yeah. it's all you. I mean, what a great... What a great response when you're in such a dark and dry season. Yeah, I think in the dark and dry seasons, again, it's easy to like blame the Lord for putting us in those seasons. Right, 100%. Right. And, you know, I think if you want to look at rough seasons in the Bible, go read Job a little bit. Like, oh, my gosh, gosh that, that dude had it tough. Like, yeah. his body was not working. He had loved ones around him dying. Um, and in Job 120, 122, it says, In all this, Job did not sin or charge God with the wrong. Wow, can you imagine... I think we make such li- we make such big deals out of the little inconveniences in our lives. Absolutely. Um, but like a season isn't an excuse to blame the Father for putting you through it, and yeah. it's also not an excuse to change your actions and sin at all. Yeah. There's actually a, I I have always believed there is a way to live your life in which you can give God credit for everything and anything that's positive, and I think that's the way you should be living your life. Is anything and everything that's going right in your life, that stuff, that that's praise to God. And all the stuff that's going wrong in your life, it's not that it's your fault or it's somebody else's fault. But to put that on God, I think, is just a misrepresentation of, of who he is 
and, and how this world works. Again, at the end of the day, you're going to go through different stuff. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through hard things, probably tragedy, probably really happy things, probably some really incredible miracles and, and awesome moments filled with love and joy. But at the end of the day, it, it's one of those things that whether I'm at my lowest low or my highest high, it's pretty much my responsibility to attribute like praise to God for who he is. Because guess what? As we change and as we grow and as we go through different seasons, he's not changing. So it's inappropriate to think, oh, I'm in a really good season, so God is pleased with me. But now I'm in a really bad season, so God is displeased with me. No, that's not how it works. Like he's pleased with you and he loves you and he's on your team 100%. And I think it's just... I. I don't know. It kind of rubs me the wrong way when people look at like natural disasters or even just like evil in human in other humans yeah. and say that's God's fault. How could God allow this to happen? Like that phrase just kind of triggers me when people say, "How could God allow this to happen?" Sure. Because I think it's just a misrep- misrepresentation of who he is. Um, and I also think it's a misrepresentation of how we're supposed to live our lives. Like I I was thinking the other day, what would it look like to, to always be like on a mountaintop season? Huh. To essentially, what that means, I guess, is to to live a perfect life. And when I got down to it, I wouldn't want to live a perfect life, because it would just always be the same. There would be no growth whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like you wouldn't get to experience the joy of being there because you've never experienced the sorrow of not being there. Yeah. You know, does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. So it's just like, you'd be a robot mm-hmm. and I don't want to be a robot. Yeah. And it, it just completely takes the emotion and, and kind of the, almost the, the romance of your relationship with God completely out of the equation. And that's just not something I'm willing to sacrifice yeah. to be honest. Yeah. And I think it's also worth mentioning that there's no set timeline on seasons. I think, Man, I just sit around and I wonder, like, I see all these people going through these different quote-unquote seasons. You can't see me, but I'm making such sarcastic motions (laughs) with my fingers. I see people going through seasons. I just think, man, I wonder how much shorter that could have been if you would have just given the Lord your yes and trusted Him in that. I just think there's so many times where we want to get caught up in in what we're trying to learn and doing all these different things, and we don't just give the Father our yes and surrender to Him. And I think, honestly, a lot of seasons would be a lot shorter if we just surrendered. Yeah. And, and that mentality, like you're saying, uh, to surrender is so important because I remember, honestly, for most of my life, and even still to this day, there are times where I feel like I'm in this place that's uncomfortable, mm-hmm. and all I want to do is get out of it. Yeah. And so that becomes my goal is, oh, this is uncomfortable, so first of all, that must mean God wants me to get out of this place. Uh-huh. And so I'm going to make it my goal to just try to get through it and get on the other end as quick as possible. Yeah. And I think that's just completely missing the point. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, like you said, I think that mentality of just surrendering yourself to, to where you're at and praising the Lord for who He is, I mean, that really opens up a, a really special, intimate connection between you and Jesus. Yeah. I wanted to mention also, just to keep it biblical, like Moses and the Israelites in the desert, I think we see like the Israelites be so focused on like what's next and like the promised land that they don't take advantage of what the Lord's trying to teach them in that season. 
and they're griping and complaining about Moses to like get them out of it. Yeah. And I just can't, I think so many times we also, we focus on like what's next that we miss what it is the Lord's trying to teach us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I remember, um, I got this, I, I, I forgot who it was, but I was listening to this teaching and they were talking about, um, waiting on the Lord and how a lot of times that kind of can be misinterpreted because when we say things like, um, waiting on the Lord, or I just need to, um, wait, or I feel like God has me waiting for something. Mm-hmm. And often that just kind of, people get turned off to that because they're like, oh, well, that just means I'm supposed to sit around and do nothing, or like, I'm not going to move around or, or do anything, or, well, I'm in a season of waiting. Like, okay, what does that actually mean? Yeah. And I remember I this, I forgot who was teaching again, but they said, waiting on the Lord actually means like it, it's an it's an active verb you're waiting on him like you're his waiter you're serving him and it, let's just say you're his waiter and he's sitting at the table like a good waiter is constantly listening checking in attending to the needs of yeah. who they're waiting on and and make sure they're communicating and hey what's your order what mm-hmm. can i get for you how can i serve you yeah. i mean that really kind of flips it around from being this passive like oh i'm in a season of waiting so I'm just going to sit around and and wait for God to do something. Yeah. And God's sitting there like, you're missing the point, man. Oh like, my gosh. you need to be seeking out ways to serve. You need to, like, it's like we've said a hundred times so far in this podcast. I mean, people who are waiting on this word from God, like, you have a Bible oh to gosh. go read. Yes. Do what the Bible says because he's already spoken. He said these things, so do it. Yeah. And I think that's just such an important lesson to learn is even in the seasons of waiting, you still should be moving and doing and serving and obeying what God has said. Yeah, that's good. Two things. I Oh, I hate it when people say like, oh, I'm just in a season where I don't hear the Lord's voice. Go open up the dang Bible and read it. That is the Lord speaking straight to you. Yeah. But also I couldn't get through this without even mentioning, oh my gosh, the, sing- the season of singleness. Oh, oh my, my goodness. Gosh. You've been in a single of season, as golly, a season of singleness <laughs> for two years because you haven't made any effort to improve yourself and you know get yourself to a point where you are ready for a relationship, and you're sitting right. around waiting for the Lord to bring someone into your path to fix your season of singleness when you haven't taken a step back and looked at yourself, yeah, and maybe even acknowledge why it is that the Lord is keeping you single, yeah. Gosh, that's yeah. so frustrating. Well, and I, I think a part of that too is we put ourselves in certain seasons and in the name of well god told me to do this and again i think there are times where god says yes i want you to move into this season but i know for myself more often than not i would see things that are wrong in my life and i would force myself into a season that god wasn't necessarily calling me into and so, for instance, season of singleness. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like God wants me to be single for a while to work on myself. And it, it's almost like that's implying this idea that when you're not single, you shouldn't be working on yourself, that yeah. you shouldn't be growing, yeah. that you shouldn't be seeking out the Lord. Or like, oh, I need to be perfect before I'm married. Are you out of your mind? Like, <laughs> okay, have fun with that. You know, to think that you're going to be perfect and then get married, and then never have to grow or change again. I mean, it, it just seems unreasonable, mm-hmm. to put it lightly. But it's, again, just one of those things that I'm like, we need to be active in our seasons. Um, we need to be active in on the mountaintop and 
in the, in, in the valley. And I think at the end of the day, um, I know Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31 says, even youths grow weary and they, and they stumble, but those who hope in the Lord renew their strength. And it's one of those things that um, no matter what season you're in, whether it's a season of waiting or you feel like it's a season of, of self-improvement or a dry season that you feel like might just be a result of where you're at in your life, or really awesome mountaintop season, um, whether you're soaring on wings like eagles, or if you're walking and not fainting, or if you're running without growing weary. Again, that verse kind of touches on three different types of movement, and you know, obviously it's a progression: walking, running, and flying. But none of those are staying still, and I think that's one of the things to mm -hmm. note: is just none of those are staying still whether you're, you feel like you're kind of at a walk or at a run, or if you're flying and you're soaring and you're on the mountaintop, either way, you're moving. And again, at the end of the day, you need to be in that with the Lord. Um, one thing I, I really wanted to touch on was just seasons of, of trials, like going through trials or tribulations, because I feel like that obviously is something that isn't fun, and it's something that a lot of people feel like they just need to get through and get done with. And uh, I just wanted to read a couple verses just to encourage you guys in that. Um, if you do feel like you're in a season where you're going through something really difficult, or if something just external in your life has happened to you that has been very difficult, then I just want to encourage you um, with some scripture. So this is Romans chapter 5, verse 3, and it says, Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit, whom he has given us. <laughs> That's so good. It's so good. And and I'll tell you what, for, for me personally, that verse has really changed my life um, to look at seasons or just events in my life that truly has just been suffering, or you might think of it as rock bottom or a dark season, however you want to say it, um, doesn't really matter, but because Scripture is pretty clear about it. These are actually opportunities for you to grow. They're opportunities for, for God to build character and perseverance and hope within you. Um, and at the end of the day, honestly, I can tell you some of my most treasured times in my life have been some of the hardest times in my life because I've, I've kind of come out of it. I mean, it's that, that metaphor, how you make diamonds is extreme pressure. Uh -huh. And it's one of those things that, you know, uh, a lot of times some of the diamonds that I see in my own life, some of the treasures that I feel like the Lord has given me have been born out of these really hard seasons that created a lot of pressure. Um, and then another verse um, is James chapter 1, verse 2, that just says, Count it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. And again, that doesn't really compute, I feel like, in the brain. It doesn't make sense, but it's really important to let that sit in your spirit and just speak to you through the Lord um, that it really is possible for you to go through something like that and consider it joy when you face trials of many kinds because God is with you and he's faithful and he stays the same and he loves you and that's just who he is. He can't not be who he is because he's God. Um, so I, ho I hope that encourages you all. Yeah, and again, just to reaffirm, like 
I'm talking to myself here. I don't have the season thing figured out. I spent the better half of August sitting and waiting for the Lord to make something happen instead of taking a step back and looking at, like, at what it was that I needed to change within myself before I moved on. Yeah. Um, so again, like I'm talking to myself here and I don't have this figured out. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And <clears throat> again, the key with this, just like with anything else, um, and hopefully this is a good parting thought for you all, but just do everything unto the Lord. And by that, what I mean is do everything in your relationship with the Lord. At every season you go through, every scripture you read, every interaction you have with another person, be filtering that through your relationship with the Lord. Constantly be listening to Him. Constantly be asking Him questions and listening for His answers because that's how you're going to get through what you're going through. And that's how you're... And, and again, it's you know it's that classic line that's it's it's not about where you're going but it's about how you get there you know it's it's not about the end goal it's about the process that gets you there and that's something even in my own life i i believe the the lord is is much more interested in my process than he is in in the end result mm -hmm. you know my my destiny or whatever you want to call it he's interested in the process because that's where things get a little bit crazy because of seasons yeah so yeah um i hope that's encouraging for you guys i think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up yes, sir. but uh enjoy where you're at at the end of the day like learn how to have fun enjoy where you're at and if it really just feels impossible to you then throw some praises to god mm -hmm. and i'm telling you when you praise him he will transform you and he will he will show you who he is. That's just what praise does. It reveals who God is. And so, you know, whatever season you're in, praise God for for what he's done for you and what he will do for you. And you can't go wrong with that. Yep. You really can't. Seasons change, but the Lord doesn't. So, mm. all Amen. Right. Hey, we love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you next time.